It's February 20th. I'm Brian Dean Wright, former CIA operations officer, and this is The Wright Report. A good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Wright Report, your daily news podcast. Grab your maps, because we are going around the globe this morning with six stops that are shaping America and the world. First up, we begin in Germany, where America's FBI director says that the Chinese are poised to attack the U.S. and beyond with cyber campaigns. We will explore that, plus the fact that the Biden White House just signed up to use a Chinese cyber tool. Second, we land in Mexico, where the Chinese are also at this morning, setting up factories that are leaving American automakers in a state of panic. I'll tell you why. Third, we travel to the Red Sea, but not for long. That's because Iran's Houthis are shooting down U.S. drones and nearly sunk a ship. I'll explain why you should care. Fourth, we jet off to Western Africa this morning to talk about how some bad weather, some bad diseases, and bad luck could double or even triple the price of chocolate. Later, we explore a nature reserve in the United Kingdom where conservationists are using the AI revolution in a very creative way. Finally, we land back home in the state of Florida, where Governor Ron DeSantis is cracking down hard on retail crime. But before we get to Florida, let's start first in Germany. That is where many of the world's leaders are gathered this morning to discuss global threats with a big focus this year on China. To the point, FBI's director Christopher Wray was in the Bavarian city of Munich saying this week that Beijing is, quote, poised to attack the United States and Europe using cyber weapons targeting critical infrastructure like water, gas, and electrical grids. He told audiences in Germany that while this threat is not new, it has reached a new level that neither he nor others in the U.S. or Europe have ever seen before. In fact, he said that they have reached a, quote, fever pitch and designed specifically to harm civilians in both the U.S. and throughout Europe, not just military targets. Now, for listeners out there, you know this threat well. Over the summer and then again last December and January, I briefed you on this Chinese cyber threat, including that group known as Volt Typhoon. That gang of cyber thugs embedded a very aggressive computer virus inside of our critical utility systems in order to sow chaos and anarchy and civilian death. So the idea was and is that President Xi would use that chaos to distract both the United States and Europe while he invades Taiwan. But while we have known that for a while now, this latest warning from the FBI director in Germany is much more explicit, more aggressive, and certainly more alarming than previous warnings from either U.S. intel or law enforcement. To the point, Mr. Ray said for the very first time this week that the FBI has only discovered what they think is, quote, the tip of the iceberg of likely Chinese malware, end quote. So keeping this rhetoric and that level of alarm in mind in both the U.S. and Europe this morning, we learned this next peculiar piece of news last week. Mr. Joe Biden and his campaign have decided to join the Chinese social media company called TikTok. For folks unaware, this Beijing-based company is used by about 60 to 70 percent of American teens and about half of all young adults between the ages of 20 to 30. And that is why America's commander-in-chief joined this app. As reported by Politico magazine and others, Mr. Biden's team knows that his polling numbers are way down amongst younger Americans, and he is desperate to bring those folks back as a part of his electoral base by next November's election. 
In fact, the Biden campaign has been very explicit about their rationale. As they said recently, joining TikTok is their attempt to, quote, continue meeting voters where they are, end quote. But to be very clear, where they are is on a Chinese company's app that provides China's intel services, things like American data, photos, video, and geolocation information on what is a majority of America's young people. And that is why the FBI has previously warned parents and kids not to join it. In fact, it's why former President Donald Trump tried to ban this app and this company years ago, only to be later reversed by Mr. Biden. Although, to be fair, it does appear that Mr. Biden does recognize some degree of the threat. Back in December of 2022, he issued an executive order that said that no U.S. government devices could use this Chinese app. But as for everybody else, yes, you can. And that includes him and his campaign. As of this morning, they have about 60,000 followers on TikTok, and they are busy posting videos and silly photos for, well, China's collection. Although, again, to be fair, Mr. Biden's campaign staff insists that they are using advanced security precautions and incorporating some very sophisticated protocols to avoid any national security threats. However, when asked what those might be exactly, Biden's team offered no comment. Also, since we'd like to be fair here on The Right Report, TikTok's parent company, it's called ByteDance, they have long insisted that they never share any data with the Communist Party back in Beijing and never would. But former employees say that's just a bunch of hogwash. Plus, listeners know that a Chinese company has to comply with Communist Party demands based on a 2017 law that compels all Chinese citizens and businesses to cooperate with any and all military and intelligence requests. So, those are the quick facts and data about the latest on the China threat and how some American leaders are or are not responding to it. Let me now offer you my analysis and opinion. Let's imagine two things this morning. First, I want you to imagine that at the height of the Cuban Missile Crisis back in 1962, Jack Kennedy announces that he's going to use a Soviet media company to try to reach young Americans for political gain. Second, I want you to imagine that back in 1984, Ronald Reagan's campaign decided to embrace a Soviet technology to corral the votes of young people, even though he and the campaign would know that it would jeopardize both the nation and the young people. Now, if you can't possibly imagine either of those scenarios, I understand why. And that's because neither Jack Kennedy nor Ronald Reagan would have ever done it. They were both deeply anti-communist, they loved their country, and they understood the threat. But that does not appear to be the case with modern America or modern politicians, and that includes, but is not exclusive to, Joe Biden. There is this love affair between leaders in Washington, D.C. and the CCP in Beijing. It is an affair that is full of cash and probably blackmail and a lot of corporate donors and whew, some useful idiots. So sadly, ladies and gentlemen, it means this. We don't have Jack Kennedy's America anymore. And we have long said goodbye to Ronald Reagan's America. And that, I think, shows the scale of what we have to do to get back to those kinds of America. It shows that we have a lot of work to do to get in a new president and a new Congress who understands the nature of this Chinese threat and they have the spine to fix it. And to this issue of the nature of the Chinese threat, 
We move on to our second brief of the morning, leaving Germany and Washington, D.C. to Mexico City. And just like in Germany, we are in Mexico to talk about China. So here's why. The U.S. auto industry is in a state of panic this morning because of a Chinese competitor named BYD. They are planning to build a new electric vehicle plant in Mexico. And once they do, the cars that they produce will likely be very popular with North American consumers based on price alone. For example, BYD has a new hybrid vehicle that starts at $11,000 brand new. The issue, by the way, of cheap Chinese products that are made in Mexico, it is not going to be lost on you. You've heard this before. We've discussed this back on July 25th and then again on November 8th. But to refresh our memories, Chinese companies of all kinds, whether those be cars or consumer products, they have been moving to Mexico for a while now to set up operations. And they're doing it for two reasons. First, they want to avoid the tariffs on Chinese goods that were slapped on them and their country by then-President Donald Trump years ago. Second, by moving to Mexico, Chinese companies can take advantage of a trade agreement between the U.S., Canada, and Mexico. It's called the USMCA. But wait, that's a little bit odd. The agreement was designed to benefit only North American workers or farmers and ranchers and businesses. But nevertheless, the Chinese have discovered a loophole and they are taking advantage of it, setting up their tariff-free production and sales. Although, they couldn't do it without the help of some very crafty Mexican businessmen. We know this morning that the, these uh, Mexicans are giving the Chinese a very warm welcome by setting up industrial parks along the U.S.-Mexico border that are designed for Chinese-only businesses. And that has been going on for well over a year now causing growing anger and alarm amongst U.S. and Canadian companies who are demanding changes to this USMCA agreement to block out these cheating Chinese firms. In fact, Canadian auto parts suppliers made this argument back in November that actually China is heavily subsidizing these cheaters to the point that actually they don't even need to make a profit. Instead, the goal of these Chinese companies is to bankrupt both their American and Canadian competitors. And once that happens, Beijing can then destroy the manufacturing base of both the U.S. and Canada and more, more fully capture our economies. So to get there, it is then going to uh, involve some very cheap products like these new electric vehicles at $11,000 a pop. So this is exactly what is happening this morning. About six Chinese car companies beyond BYD are already in Mexico. They now control about 20% of the Mexican car market, and that is up from 0% just a couple years ago. So those are the latest facts and data about China's expansion into Mexico and this USMCA. Let me offer you my analysis and opinion. Well, we can add this to the long list of things that the next president must address. And I would tell you that there are two reasons for it. And the most obvious that we talked about this morning is economic. It is very clear that the Chinese have found a loophole that the USMCA is offering them, and they are driving this EVs and other things right through it. And unfortunately, our friends in Mexico are apparently happy to help them do it. So that means that this USMCA needs to be radically changed or thrown out entirely, up to and including possible rounds of new tariffs. In fact, that is what Mr. Trump has promised, and a majority of Americans agree with him. They all want tariffs and a much tougher line on China. But the issue here, in my view, is not just economic. It also involves national security. 
And the reason goes back to that 2017 national intel law in China, of course, that says that all Beijing companies and people or citizens have to comply with Communist Party demands. And that includes all these companies that are setting up in these industrial parks along the Mexico-U.S. border. These, they, they sit just miles from our communities. If I can put this a little bit differently, these companies and these industrial factories, they can serve as outposts for communist spies or saboteurs. And without going into classified details, they already are. They are turning these business parks into forward operating bases. And that is how the next president needs to think about this threat south of our border. We need a president with spine and moral clarity to treat China like a mortal enemy and to make sure that the Mexicans fall in line with that kind of understanding or else. And with that, let us take our first break of the morning. For subscribers listening at therightreport.substack.com, thank you. It is you and your financial support that are keeping this podcast alive. Meanwhile, for my other loyal listeners, I thank you as well. And I encourage you to do your part this morning and support the companies that support me. You will hear about them shortly. We'll be right back. If you haven't gone to jacemedical.com, boy, it is time. In this unpredictable era in which we live, folks, Jace Medical provides life-saving prescription medications, including antibiotics, plus medicines for things like blood pressure, cholesterol, and diabetes. And here's why that is so very important. You can put these medications either on your shelves for daily use or in cases of emergencies. And Jace Medical makes it so easy to do. Here's how. Go to jacemedical.com. Again, that is J-A-S-E medical.com. You fill out a very simple online form, and in no time flat, you will get those medications delivered right to your door. In a few cases, you have a quick phone call with one of their board-certified physicians to make sure you're getting exactly what you need. But regardless, it is a major time saver and a lifesaver if maybe you live in the back 40 or if our supply chains from places like China and India were to get interrupted again in this very unsettled world of ours. But no matter your motivation, go to jacemedical.com. Again, that is J-A-S-E medical.com and enter promo code right at checkout and you will get a great discount on your order. Again, folks, that is promo code right, W-R-I-G-H-T at jacemedical.com. And do this today because there is no telling what tomorrow might bring. Folks, back on January 9th, we talked about the big fight with Russia and how that could badly affect the U.S. dollar and you. Well, if you're looking for ways to diversify your investments, boy, consider physical gold and silver and consider American Hartford Gold as you do. They are the precious metal dealer that I use and trust. And when you give them a call, they will explain how to protect not only your savings accounts, but also your retirement accounts, all by purchasing gold and silver. Plus, they will explain their buyback commitment, which is rock solid. And here's some more good news. Feel very comfortable using American Heart for Gold as they have a five-star rating from thousands of reviews, plus an A-plus ranking from the Better Business Bureau. So here's how you do it. Either give them a call at 866-353-2694. Again, that is 866-353-2694. Or you can just text them. Text right to 65532. And gosh, that's easy. Again, 65532. And just text them my last name. And when you do, listen to this. 
They will give you up to $5,000 of free silver on your very first order, depending on your total purchase. So again, either give them a call at 866-353-2694 or text my last name right to 65532. And as you do, my friends, make sure that you remember that January brief about the currency wars, because that is why we want to consider physical gold, my friends, and silver with American Hartford Gold. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Welcome back to The Right Report. Let's continue with our news this morning with our next stop in the Middle East. We return to the Red Sea this morning for three updates about the Iranian-backed terror group called the Houthis. First, the rebel group assaulted a British cargo ship late Sunday night. It breached the hull and forced the crew to abandon ship. Crew members are safe as of this recording. The ship has been anchored and the fertilizer that was on board is still salvageable. The ship's owners are trying to figure out what to do next, but as of this morning, that is not exactly clear. Second, we are also learning that the U.S. military has destroyed an underwater Houthi drone for the very first time in the Red Sea. It was almost certainly provided to the Houthis by the Iranian government, and we can almost certainly expect to see more of these things in the months to come. Third and finally, the Houthis are claiming this morning to have shot down a $30 million U.S. Reaper drone in Yemen. The U.S. Pentagon says that yes, they have lost a drone, but they cannot confirm that it was the Houthis that shot it down. The investigation into this continues as of this early hour. So those are the three quick facts and data on this ongoing Red Sea crisis with a sinking ship this morning, plus an underwater drone and a $30 million vehicle in the sky that was destroyed by, well, someone. Let me offer you my analysis and opinion. Well, I would encourage us to remember three things this morning because I think it's very important to remind ourselves of how badly the White House and the Pentagon have absolutely botched their response to this threat. So let me prove this to you and why it matters. First, let us remember back in December when U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin actually made fun of Iran's proxy groups like the Houthis. Here's a reminder of what he said, quote, Every day, Iranian proxies are shooting at our troops that are in Iraq and Syria. They haven't been effective at all because of two reasons. Number one, they're not very good at what they do. But number two, we've done a lot of things to ensure that we have adequate force protection so U.S. personnel won't get hurt, end quote. So that was said in late December. One month later, three American troops were killed at Tower 22 in the country of Jordan. They were victims of an Iranian-backed drone strike a strike that was organized by Iranian terrorists who, according to this defense secretary, are not very good at what they do. Second, and in response to that attack, the White House and the Pentagon launched what they said were debilitating strikes in Iraq, Syria, and Yemen. And those strikes, at least according to America's leaders, had profoundly degraded these terror groups and their ability to attack the West. That would include, of course, any attacks against merchant vehicles or our Navy or any of our troops in the Middle East. Well, then we get to the third thing to remember this morning. The supposedly degraded Houthis 
just shot down, probably, a $30 million U.S. drone. They also fired off an underwater drone for the very first time and may have sunk a cargo ship. So let me ask you, do you think that the Iranian threat has been degraded like we were promised? And what about a White House and a defense secretary who mock the Iranian threat by saying that, quote, they're not very good at what they do, knowing what we know this morning? Well, here's what this all says to me. It says that America's leadership does not understand the scale of the threat, the lethality of the threat, nor the appropriate response to the threat. And I think that that is self-evident this morning as the continued attacks are launched by the people that Lloyd Austin said were not very good at their jobs of attacking. But that's not clearly true. They are, unfortunately. Well, that aside, the failure of American leadership, ladies and gentlemen, is not going to change. Not until you decide on whatever change it is you want. And that will come next November. More to come. Next up, we are going to zip away from the Red Sea this morning to one of my favorite places. It's West Africa. And for this one, you should probably get out those maps, either on your computers, on your phones, or in your minds. Now, we have been to this region before, and when we've come here, we've usually discussed the threat of radical Islam. So on your maps, you will see a little country called Benin. They have historically handled their terror threat quite well, actually, and all on their own. And that has inspired the U.S. government to use your taxpayer dollars to hold advanced talks with Benin and its neighbors to build a series of new U.S. drone bases to fight radical Islamists to their north in countries like Mali, Burkina Faso, and Niger. But beyond the military challenges of this region, we have also talked about a few things that you might not have known about how some of the products that you use every day actually come from Western Africa. So, for example, looking at our maps, we find the country of Guinea that has a massive supply of bauxite that ends up as aluminum or other products that you use. Also, take a look and find Ghana, Guinea-Bissau, and Burkina Faso. Together, they account for a large part of the global supply of cashews. Finally, we've discussed Sierra Leone. You might remember that we discussed a very rare coffee plant back on November 15th. That plant's coffee bean was all the rage back in the 1800s. In fact, it was all you could really find in places like Paris and New York. But it disappeared for decades. Uh, later, we discovered in the jungles of Sierra Leone. And that is the spirit of why we are going back to Western Africa this morning, talking about products and economics. We are off to the country of the Ivory Coast, also known as Cote d'Ivoire, to talk about chocolate. And here's something that you might not know. The Ivory Coast, along with their neighbors in Ghana, are the world's leading suppliers of cocoa. But over the past few years, these countries have been absolutely inundated with El Nino rains, plus a fungus called black pod disease. And on top of all that, a virus called the swollen shoot. And then there's also a problem with the cocoa trees themselves. They're a little bit old. They're getting sick and they're not producing as many cocoa beans. So combine all of that together, plus poverty and protests amongst the farmers. Well, it takes us to the news. Global prices for cocoa are skyrocketing, pushing to $6,000 a ton when just over a year ago, it was only $2,500 a ton. Traders are speculating that the price of cocoa could hit $10,000 a ton, which as you would expect would be passed on to chocolate companies and eventually consumers like you. 
Now, it is true that there are other cocoa farmers in other parts of the world, especially Brazil, Ecuador, and Indonesia, but their trees can't make up for the shortfall. Demand, by the way, is expected to outstrip global supply. In short, folks, we have a global chocolate crisis, and not even Willy Wonka can save us. So, keep that in mind, my chocolate lovers out there. You better stock up now or get ready to eat some taffy, I guess. Anyway, with that... Let's take our final break of the morning. When we come back, some good news coming uh, to us from the United Kingdom and the state of Florida. We'll be right back. If you start your mornings with a cup of coffee and the right report, well, that coffee has got to come from Wacker Coffee Company. I first told you about this great small batch roaster back in August. And for listeners who are lucky enough to get one of their six roasts, you know that your taste buds have never been the same. And that's because the roaster is a former U.S. Marine who is very serious about his coffee. In fact, his bestseller, called Red Tape, is a mix of Guatemalan, Costa Rican, and a honey-processed Nicaraguan bean. As he wonderfully describes it, Red Tape has notes of dark chocolate, almond, and cocoa rice krispies. And that is not spin. I'm telling you, Wacker Coffee Company gives you a chance to really taste coffee, not just drink it. And trust me on that. My family and I are huge fans. So start your mornings by going to wackercoffeeco.com. That's W-A-C-K-E-R, wackercoffeeco.com. And for paid subscribers on Substack, you get some extra value this morning. Use the promo code that you will see in those daily emails that I send you, and you will get 10% off your order. But either way, go to wackercoffeeco.com. And my friends, you will taste your morning coffee for the very first time, I guarantee it. Well, I have something very special to tell you about. It's about an old colleague of mine and a product that celebrates his life. His name was Glenn Doherty. He died in Libya back in 2012, protecting U.S. personnel in the city of Benghazi. His call sign was Bub. Ten years later, his friends are carrying on his memory and his mission for good health by launching Bubsnaturals.com. Their cornerstone product is something called collagen peptides. And if you've never taken this daily supplement, boy, you need to. Bub's collagen helps with muscle recovery and joint health, which is why I take it, because I have beaten my body up doing spy stuff and just being a big old dummy. Yet it is also a product that's wonderful for other things too, like hair, skin, nails, plus your gut. And I'll tell you, I have used collagen from other companies, but no longer. That other stuff is absolute garbage. Bub's collagen is top shelf. For what it's worth, I also use Bub's Naturals for their hydration packs because they are loaded with electrolytes that I use in the morning and the afternoon to start my day and keep me going strong. Because that, my friends, is what Glenn was all about, keeping his body fit to fight like a lion. So my friends, go to bubsnaturals.com. And when you buy from Bubs, make sure that you use promo code right. That's W-R-I-G-H-T, and get 20% off your first order. So do it for yourselves and for the memory of a fighting American. Go to bubsnaturals.com, and I tell you, your joints and your skin will be so happy you did. I am two months into eating Super Beats Heart Chews, and I am fired up to tell y'all, I feel it. This stuff works for me. It gives me a shot of energy, plus performance and endurance. And that heart-healthy energy is exactly what I was looking for. Best yet, if you pair Super Beats with a healthy lifestyle, 
The antioxidants in these little chews are clinically shown to be nearly two times more effective at promoting normal blood pressure than a healthy lifestyle alone. And it's so easy to use this product. Just two little tasty chews in the morning and you're set. No pills to swallow, no ingredients to mix. So do what I did. Go to GetSuperBeats.com, that is B-E-E-T-S.com, and use promo code RIGHT, and you will get a 30-day supply of SuperBeats Heart Chews for free and 15% off your order. That is a ridiculous deal for heart-healthy energy, but I love it. So go to GetSuperBeats.com and use promo code RIGHT and get that heart-healthy energy you need and support that healthy blood pressure too. You will be so glad you did. Welcome back to The Right Report with two more stops this morning on our trip around the globe. First, we land in the United Kingdom for an update on the AI revolution. Although, this update starts with some good old-fashioned human labor. So here's that story. Decades ago, the area of West Hay was known for its peat bogs. They were harvested, and the peat was used for a source of heat or fuel. So looking at your maps, you will see West Hay to the west, naturally, of London. Plus, it sits just south of the perfectly named city of Cheddar, near the Bristol Channel. And that is where people and companies for years extracted peat, mostly by hand, later machines. But over the years, that source of fuel fell out of favor. And the peat bogs were turned over to conservationists to restore the area for mostly birds. But how to track that restoration progress? Because while bird watching might be fun for some, it is a pretty tedious process and challenging, frankly, to get things right. And that takes us to the news. Conservationists in the UK are using artificial intelligence to both identify and monitor bird populations by recording their cheery little songs. So here's how it works. They have placed microphones across the old peat bogs to capture the songs made by the bird population. And boy, oh boy, have they recorded some good chirping. They have collected 1.3 million chirps in all. These birds' songs have then been fed into the AI system that has learned to identify both the birds and their likely population numbers based on all the chirping. So in this example, in the UK, the AI has captured and has identified mostly wrens, jackdaws, and gold finches. But beyond birds, conservationists plan to scale out this AI system to other areas around the world where populations of animals are under stress, such as the gorillas in Rwanda and Uganda, or snow leopards in places like Pakistan and Afghanistan. So the hope is that the noises from these animals can be picked up by these AI systems, That then can allow conservationists to discreetly capture the information regarding how many are left and where. So here's something that I didn't know about this. These AI systems, when tethered to cameras, might even be able to detect some very subtle body language of animals, including on their little faces, that suggest that animals are experiencing stress. Well, research on that is underway. So there you go. The AI revolution isn't always about killer drones or AI Brian who laughs for no reason at all. Finally, this morning, we head home to the United States, to the state of Florida, actually, for what some might say is good news. It involves retail crime. Governor Ron DeSantis announced late last week that he was cracking down hard on theft in the Sunshine State. 
according to the bill drafted by the governor's office, if you commit a theft with a firearm in his state, that will soon be a first-degree felony, up to 30 years in prison and a $10,000 fine. Next, if you use social media to coordinate a theft, like those uh, flash mobs, that will be a second-degree felony with 5 to 15 years behind bars. Finally, porch pirates. They are also going to be in serious trouble in Florida. Governor DeSantis's bill says that the people who steal from your front porch should face second-degree felony charges with 5 to 15 years in lockup. The Florida House and Senate now have to take up this bill. It is expected to pass later this year. For what it's worth, Governor Ron DeSantis drafted this bill due to many of the facts and data that I laid out to you during that special brief back on October 6th. It was a brief focus on retail theft in America. But to refresh our memories about that episode, I took you around the country from Los Angeles to New York, driving into the magnitude of this problem. We also discussed the causes, which included liberal criminal justice reforms, a lot of illegal migration and migrants or aliens, and a crisis within the American family. There simply aren't enough dads looking after their kids, mostly their sons. In turn, those little turkeys are getting themselves into a lot of trouble, including some very serious retail theft. So this morning, if I might now pivot firmly to analysis and opinion, what the governor of Florida is doing here is tightening up the one thing that is within his immediate control, and that is the justice system. He knows that he can't stop the flow of illegal aliens or their South American crime rings, as we have discussed. He also knows that he can't fix the broken American family. So he's got to do what he can to put people behind bars until the rest of the problem can be solved or improved. So I will let you decide if that logic holds. But from my optic, sounds pretty good to me. And with that, Ladies and gentlemen, we conclude your morning brief. As always, I will see you tomorrow, God willing. Until then, I leave you with the creed of every good spy and every wise American. They're the words from the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Good day.